Rant the Movies, a podcast where we rant about films you may have seen at house parties. I'm one of your hosts and jack-of-all-trades mono, and stumbling after a car for a jar of blood is my co-host and master of none, Kira. Oh god, yeah, and we'll probably run into the car when it stops. Most likely. Yeah. <laughs> if it, it doesn't get dropped and smashed in front of you. Oh uh, no, so I'm cruelly. most likely to be the person doing the dropping. <laughs> that, yeah, in fairness. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> both that. run into the boot of the car, <laughs> be handed the blood and then drop it. Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you are the type to walk into parked cars. Yes. Have you ever hit yourself with your own like car door when you're closing it? Because no. I have. Yeah, I'd imagine you have. <laughs> Once again, no hints. Except for the episode title. Yeah. <laughs> but we are talking Nightwatch, 2004's insane Russian fantasy, fantasy, urban, altered reality, alternate reality, more. Uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> there's a it's lot going pretty. on in Nightwatch. But yeah, it is very, very pretty and ridiculously good fun. And it kind of melts your brain the way the Japanese levels used to in Burnout Revenge. I don't know that's quite that insane. Well, not when you're boosting. I don't, I don't feel like I'm travelling into the future when I'm watching this film. Yeah, but well, a little bit with the boost on the oh, mini mug. The, the, the ambulance thing. It's a mini mug. It is a mini mug. Yeah. The, but it's decked out like some kind of ambulance. Yeah, no, it's the power supply company, so they have oh, shit yeah. for fixing the power yeah, 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 supplies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have them here. The ESB has the mini mugs. This is true. Yeah. Moment of stupidity there. <laughs> they it, does look like an ambulance just because it's big and boxy and it's what yellow. us ignorant <laughs> Europeans think a Russian ambulance would look like. Well, we have yellow ambulances. Yeah, we do. <laughs> That's why I thought it was a fucking ambulance. The, the whole power company connection, that makes absolute sense, but it just wasn't there for me. I just saw a big yellow square boxy ambulance. And it seems like something Simon would drive. Well, plus if they're booting it around the city like they do. Sirens. You know, yeah. So. Power company. Get into more places though. Um, I think we're getting bogged down yeah. a bit unnecessarily and quite early. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it is. It's a really, really fun film. And in a, a shocking twist, the dubbing on this is actually really fucking good. That's because they all did the dubbing. The, the yeah, cast, the main cast. The main cast did the dubbing and it, it makes a huge difference because it's translated more... It seems to be translated better. Yeah, it, it sometimes with subtitles it's a literal translation and it makes no sense. Yeah, but so this is more in the gist of what they're trying to say. Yeah, but normally when you, if you're watching dubbed and subtitled at the same time, the subtitles one is will, always off. Well, the subtitles will make more sense contextually for what's happening on screen, but in this, the dubs actually seem to be. There are times when I was reading the subtitles, going, "What?" But yeah, the, but the a, dubbing, it's, it's like, a, "Oh, right." It's a literal translation and mm-hmm. that doesn't work with certain languages in terms of phrase and things like that. Yeah. So. so for once, you can yeah, watch, watch, it watch it dubbed. Yeah. <laughs> you, are, you have our permission to watch it dubbed. <laughs> Before we get bogged down on anything else, shall we go for a summary it, early it, this time? It might help the situation. <laughs> yeah, it's a, bit, it's a little bit complicated. Just a tad. In modern Russia, the Night Watch and Day Watch uphold the ancient truce and keep the balance between the supernaturally gifted light and dark others. But when Seer Anton is sent to bring in a vampire who is hunting illegally, he encounters a young woman showing signs of being dangerously cursed. After botching the hunt and endangering the truce, Anton discovers the balance between light and dark is also threatened as the cursed woman could be the sign of an ancient prophecy of doom. 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 
Ingwa. Um, yeah, it's a little, it's a scotch complicated. That's as simple as I could make it. It's a scotch complicated, but it is, that's because it comes from a series of novels, which in and of themselves are incredibly complex. Each novel is three stories. That All seem of, completely separate. That as the course of, I think there's now five or six books. I yeah, didn't realize. I was aware of the first four. Yeah, until I have yesterday. the first four. <laughs> And the stories are all separate, but as the story, the general story itself moves forward, they all start to interconnect. Yeah. It's it's really complex. The movie itself is based only on one story from the first book. Yeah, they did a pretty good job of encapsulating it for a movie. Yeah, they literally, they did just take those bits of that story because all three stories also run concurrently through the novel. Yeah. Like, it's not like here's book one, book two, or part A, part B, part C. Because there, there is, is a little bit, but there is also bleed through. Yeah. Oh, and they are absolutely amazing books. By well the way. worth a read. Well worth a read. And not just I, I've often seen it referred to as like Russian Harry Potter. No, um, it's it's really it's way more than that. It's way more it, like it's way different. I think the only thing it has in common is author with problematic views for the modern day. Yes. Because <laughs> as I discovered recently, Sergey Lukyanenko. However you pronounce it, I, well, and yeah, looking back on the books, has yeah. some issues. Issues, shall we say, with uh, Ukraine. He has some quite strong anti-Ukrainian views that they cut out of the film. And given that we're covering this in 2022, yet. <laughs> probably good that they cut those anti-Ukrainian bits out of the plot. Yeah, and J.K. Rowling's cunt. Oh God, <laughs> yeah, she's a horrible person. But yeah, no, the, the film does a really good job of, I won't say simplifying it. <laughs> no, they did manage to kind of like tease out what was important to the main core story. Mm. Because that is, that's the core story that everything else kind of loops out of and into. And those are the key players throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And you get a really good introduction to all of them and what they're like and the feud and how deep it goes and how base it is. But then at the top of it, you've got Gesser on the side of the light and um, I've forgotten his fucking name. Zabulon. Thank you. <laughs> on the side of the dark. And they're just having this insane chess match. Yeah. Uh, Character wise, I would say it's a bit like Fallen from a few weeks ago. Where you don't get a huge amount from the supporting characters. They're just kind of like, it's one their interaction. Well, yeah. not one note, but it's, it's, it is their interactions with our main character, kind of a Vanton. We don't get an awful lot for them, but the story is so, like, the narrative is so strong that you don't need a huge amount of backstory for, like, Tiger Cub and Bear and Semyon and. I do and enjoy Hench people. Yeah, I do enjoy Semyon in the apartment. Being like, what's this do? Just going around touching things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not saying the characters are crap or anything, Like, because I really enjoyed the characters in Fallen as well. That was why I drew that comparison, that they're not... No. Yeah, but they really don't... Have a, they don't have a lot of backstory or anything. They're there, they exist, they're in this world. It makes this world believable. Yeah. That they're just kind of going around, they're up, you know, this is their day-to-day. Yeah, we don't get a huge amount of backstory for them or... Like, if there is a, a big whole exposition dump at the start to, to kind of set everything up. But it's not like they're like, this is who this is and this is who this is and they work in that department no, and this is how the departments the, work. It's just you kind of pick it up as you go along. Yeah, there are others. These are people who can use magic and because of this they can move in these like lower levels of reality. Yeah, they call it the gloom in this but it's the twilight in the books. Yeah, I can understand why they made the change. 
But basically, you're either inclined towards the light and helping people, or you're inclined towards the dark and kind of being more selfish and your own needs first. Seems yeah, to but be the, the main. The important thing is that you are allowed to choose when you realize that you're another. That's, yeah. that's that part of the truce is that nobody can be pushed to one side. Yeah, or you the can't other. be overly influenced, and it's like these two armies meeting on a bridge, and neither will yield. And there's this poor bastard stuck on the middle with a goat yeah he's just trying to go to market yeah he's like I've, I've got a goat and a bale of hay yeah like, and the forces of light and deck are having a giant battle all around me yeah and the, he's just gobsmacked can't really go anywhere you're one I think the witch who's being escorted I said yeah I said that I, I want to know her story She's surrounded by hundreds of like light and soldiers and she's got chains all over the place and nobody's anywhere near her. Like yeah. they're all at a safe distance. I'm like, I want to know what she did. I actually didn't notice did they shave her head and bind her hands because that's what they do in the books to a witch. Because then no. she can't use any like natural, she can't use her hands and then like their hair, they can use as talismans, I think. And, no, she had hair anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure she was fairly well bound. That is a really nice introduction scene as well on that bridge. The opening scene, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. The, the the visuals in this film are top notch, and still, with the exception of maybe two shots, are still top notch. Yeah, they're really really well, and not just the the CGI, the the camera work, the editing, all of it. It's just such a pretty film. There's a lot of the flicker work editing, especially when they're moving through the gloom. Yeah, that kind of stilted shutter speed, almost. Yeah, they they do they play with. Um, it's what I always associate with really like industrial metal videos and like a lot of nine inch nails and oh it like definitely that, definitely has that sensibility and to it, it gives you this kind of when they're moving through the gloom it gives you the sense that you're missing stuff because you can't keep up with what they're doing yeah that by they, them being in this atmosphere you as not being an other and just observing this mm. are missing key components yeah it, it's clear that that time moves very differently in yeah. the gloom as well and, and, it, and uh, like the longer they stay in it the it starts to st- draw out their energy and they start to go weird and yeah stony but sorry back to the, the the opening scene that battle it's fucking great and particularly the end with that poor bastard oh who has to hear the truth because he's the mortal yeah, yeah so they whisper there's one on either side whispering this to him as he ages rapidly yeah it's oh. fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark shit <laughs> yeah, and it, again the effects on that are really really well done I love that scene because if you go back if you watch the whole film and then go back and watch that again mm. the entire cast are in that yeah yeah. on both sides and it does give you you know that the two kind of generals are supposed to be incredibly old and powerful but it gives you the sense that others are also incredibly long lived in and of themselves yeah and have seen some shit and you get the story again from Simeon talking about stepping on a landmine yeah in World War 2 in World War 2 and that that was ground shaking yeah and I like I like that they leave it very vague in terms of kind of what their powers are we know Anton is a seer he gets visions and he has no choice over what those visions are. Yeah, and he, but he can influence. He he's being used to hunt a vampire because he can tap into. Yeah, it seems to be part the, of his power that he can. This siren yeah. call that they have, you know, this come little children. Mm. And we know there's two shapeshifters. Yeah, uh, we see one of them shapeshift, and that's that's all we see. But we know enough to know. Okay, and then there's like vampires, but we don't really know what the other dark others are. No, they're not to be all like, vampires. Um, we see a witch. witch. 
But yeah, I, li- I like how it's kind of vague. Yeah, it seems to be kind of whatever you get on one side, you get a dark version of it. Like there's a ba- there has to be a balance. That's the mm. whole point. So I don't know where the balance is for the vampires. I would but say I would say it's the shapeshifters. Like, no, because you get shifters on the other side. At you least in the books, you get shifters yeah. on the other side because that's. But it's yeah, it's when you go into the gloom for the first time, you get to choose. Or you are, or it's chosen for you, you based kind of. On it, yeah. But yeah, I do. I, I kind of I like the vagueness because they could they could very easily go over explaining in this film. No, they leave it very much kind of like there's an affiliation, but it's an affiliation, which means there's wiggle room. Yeah, and and not every other is in either watch. No, they are the the watches are effectively the police for one side versus the, of the other side. Yeah, so to to maintain the truth and the balance. Yeah, they have this watch, and then they are the ones that we follow. We don't. We see a couple of others. Obviously, the the vampire that Anton's hunting is not a member of the watch. He's just a dark brother, and his neighbor. Oh, Constantine! Constantine, who's great fun. <laughs> Is also a vampire, but oh, not a member of the watch. He has a face you want to slap. He does have a very slappable face. There's one bit where he's having a bit. Well, it's it, it's an understandable hissy fit, but oh, yeah. But he he's another one of those characters where you get just enough of him in terms of right. We know he's Anton's neighbor. He's a vampire. Yeah, he they love Anton's him. Anton's fond of him. Yeah, they have degree. this weird kind of friendship because he's still quite young. He hasn't, like, eaten anybody yet. Yeah. Because I think they, you know, they have to have human blood every once in a while. Mm. But they can sustain on other things. It's just like, you know, an oil change kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But Kostya is a fun character. Yeah. I suppose we should talk about Anton, our main character. Yeah. Anton, uh, when you meet him for the first time, it's, what, 1992? And it, he's wearing a glorious Cosby sweater. Well, the sweater is glorious. Cosby he is, is not. A, also a cunt. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very clearly a 1990s native jumper. Oh, it's an Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he's off to visit a witch in like the first scene, well, the first scene after the battle. Where you get your kind of story proper. Mm. Yeah, no, so he basically, you see him knocking on a door in a lovely Russian apartment building in Moscow. Mm-hmm. And... You get to follow through. You get to follow a little fly going through the doorbell. Yeah. Which is really weird. Well, they use the fly a lot when they're kind of coming in and out of the gloom. Yeah, to, as to a kind marker. Of indicate that, yeah. But basically, he's like, hi, I saw your ad. And she's like, have you got a picture? And he pulls out a, a picture and she's like, let me see it. She hasn't opened the door, by the way, at this point. She's got like one of those little watchmen slot things yeah. that's like password. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 1992 Moscow. Of course, you're going to have one of those. Uh, I wouldn't fuck with her. I mean, even witch or no, I wouldn't fuck with that old lady. She looks dangerous. Yeah, no, she she will bash her you with a frying pan. <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. And not, oh, a and not the Hoover. Or a cleaver, I was going to say. <laughs> no, you know that she can one-hand a fucking she vacuum cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like, so he's kind of like, here's the photo. She's like, no, give it to me. So he kind of passes it through the little slot thing. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. And then she basically is like, come in. Yeah. And then, like, glares around the hallway and closes the door and tells him to go into the kitchen because everywhere else is t- is messy. He goes to the window and kind of, like, looks out and you can see the electrical van sitting there and the three of them are sitting on the bonnet watching. Yeah. Yeah, he, at that point, he's just some guy. We find out he is, his missus has left him for another man and he's effectively and the, there for a... To get her back. He's, yeah, he's there to get her back. She says, well, she's also got a child from another man, so we'll need to sort that out too. And, and makes a point of saying, 
you need that's to a, take that's this a big in thing. on yourself. Yeah, you need to take this They're in on yourself. They're taking a completely innocent life. Yeah, so he agrees to take this in upon himself and she does the, the first part of the spell to make her want to, to leave the new fella and then as she's doing the second part of the spell to kill the child. Yeah. The he, three guys burst in. We well, meet. things he's already kind of starting to be really oh, apprehensive about yeah, it. Yeah, he starts to say like, she's no, chanting stop. and she's yeah. making these crunching crushing motions with her hand yeah and you can like you can almost feel this she has almost something there and she is crushing it and Mm. screwing it up and just oh it's very visceral but yeah Anton kind of he's already gone down in a bit of a daze and starting to say no stop and and then yeah then the three guys burst in and grab her hand they're like grab her hand hand. don't let her clap but you you can't see them and she's just, she's just struggling yeah flying around the room and then she falls to the floor and her hands are like flat out on the floor and you can hear people saying hold her hold her don't let her hands clap and then one of them kicks the vision. chair Anton's on and smashes him into the wall and knocks him into the gloom and he can suddenly see the yeah. two and it's Simeon and Bear who are holding her down so she is fucking strong yep two big ass guys are laying on this little old lady and she is fighting them off and she gets her hands free yeah and good old Tiger Cub appears and goes for the the skillet of bacon grease that's been on the stove yeah cue our first bad bit of CG in her face when you, her face goes kind of tigery. yeah but then when you actually see her as a tiger it, it's done quite well yeah. yeah and then she drops the, the uses the frying pan to stop her clapping yeah <laughs> so she burns her shit out both her hands but yeah when we get we get our kind of introduction to, to the others is that Anton can see what's going on and he asks them what they're doing there and they're like oh shit he can see us he must be another two and basically then after that you get cut to what 12 years later yeah and it's worth noting that in that scene where Anton has had the, the love of his life leave him and he's supposed to be at like I assume one of his lowest ebbs it's the best he looks in the entire oh film oh god he is a wreck of a man because Tom Hardy in Venom could learn a few f- things from Anton I, I, I do have a soft spot for Tom Hardy in Venom just looking like a wreck of a human as the movie goes on but Anton starts <laughs> yeah like, and only like, gets worse yeah <laughs> he is a like he looks like he's mess. in perpetual need of a shower oh yeah, yeah, yeah like he's just he he does not care anymore <laughs> no that's it you as the film goes on and you get more from him you see that he's he's kind of fed up with his position he's he's, he's annoyed <laughs> with everything that's going on like everybody is Everybody has got machinations in the works. Yeah, and you find out kind of as it wears on that it's these are the things that upon are upon political ploy upon like they're always trying to the the two powers that be are always trying to kind of like one up each other and pick at each other and yeah, but they you don't poke at each other because they can't really do too much damage to each other essentially. Yeah, but you don't know that at the start. You just see Anton as this mess, and then <laughs> as it goes on, you start to realize, oh no, actually he's kind of fed up with the system yeah he can see the hypocrisy he can in a see lot yeah of and he can see the grey obviously he's he's got a neighbour who is a vampire who yeah. he's quite fond of and there's an issue as you said the three guys are waiting outside the apartment when Anton goes to see the yeah. witch and she accuses them of using live bait yeah and that's an issue then again a couple of times when Anton goes to hunt the vampire they accuse him of using live bait once or twice yeah and Anton even later on in the film accuses kind of himself and his own side of that exact thing yeah there's a lot of bending of the rules on the side of light 
Because just because you're inclined towards the light doesn't mean you're necessarily a good person. No, no, and they don't delve into it. It's not as clear outwardly. as good and evil. It, it is very much just kind of like which way you lean on yeah. that day when you're in the gloom. Yeah, and they don't <laughs> they don't delve into that too much in the film, but I like how they do leave it really open that as it goes on, you too can see the hypocrisy that yeah. Anton is fed up with. And they don't try and show... You know, when some films would be like, oh, the bad guys, or say the good guys are, are also kind of bad like the bad guys, but they're still the good guys. No, they in don't this, really do this. They don't sugarcoat it that way. No, they're two sides of the same coin. Yeah, they nearly are. And and I like how they kind of bring that out as the film goes along. Yeah, poor Anton. But yeah, no, he's a, he's a mess. <laughs> he's a but mess. But he, he still wants he's to fucking... do good, as it were. Or what he sees as good, at least. Watching him stumble around through life... Makes you kind of feel not so bad. <laughs> oh, it's it's a thing of beauty. And one, one of my favourite scenes in the film is early on. In the subway station when he's stopped by the guards. Yeah, he's stopped by like, two like subway cops no, and I metro think cops. I think they're just normal police. Well, they are police anyway. And you're kind yeah. of... In, in any other film like this where you'd have that superpowered being for whatever reason and he's the hero of the story. If he gets stopped by the authorities, he's like, oh, these authorities are going to get smacked down. No, and they start not abusing, Anton. Yeah, they start abusing Anton and accusing him of being drunk during the day. And To be honest, he is. Yeah, they try and give him a ticket for being drunk and disorderly and go to arrest him. And as they're doing it, he just like kind of lurches forward and throws up over the railing down into the subway, like into the steps of the subway. Yeah, it's all down up, the wall. Cukes up blood. <laughs> and and the cops are just so disgusted, they just leave him alone. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great. He's such a mess. <laughs> He's but, our hero, but you but you want him to succeed. <laughs> you do well. It, it's Mostly. either he's going to succeed or it, it's all going to end horribly. Yeah, like and I mean, squelch. He like. is a bit of an asshole, so that's probably why we like him too. Yeah, he is kind of a dick. Because that other bit on the subway where a guy is like, "Ah, oh, you're pretty wasted, aren't you?" I bet you feel like shit. And Anton tells him that he wants to bite his fucking ear off again. Moscow subway. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Would probably, same would apply in New York. Yeah, I suppose he's lucky that he didn't actually bite his ear off. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, so that's our, that's our Anton. God love him. Yeah. We should point out that it is Constantine. Oh, I'm going to have trouble with this one. Oh, it's not too bad, I think. Kabensky? Most Well, a lot of people would know him from Wanted. Yes, he's the guy with the rats. Yeah, he's the guy with the rats in Wanted. He's um, amazing, I love him. Yeah, the same director, only this is a far superior film, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, wanted not great <laughs> yeah well he did this and Daywatch yeah. and then instead of doing Twilight Watch did Wanted yeah well he went off to Hollywood and did Wanted and then apparently decided that he didn't want to having do done Wanted things. that it was basically what he wanted to do with Twilight Watch so he was, wasn't going to do anything my favourite bit of Wanted because I've watched it and it's a piece of shit is Chris Pratt getting hit in the face with the keyboard yes in particular because it's Chris Pratt. Oh, absolutely. And him and the little rats with the watches on. I know they all end up blowing up and it makes <laughs> me super fucking sad. But he's just, when he's got the rats, it's so sweet. But uh, Also, he's just a really, like, he's only in it for like a really short amount, a really, really tiny part, but he's so fun and adorable. <laughs> but a, a Night Watch, Day Watch film, it is not. No. It, he's Well, he's not as much of a mess in the second one. No, he's not. He has his shit together a bit more. Just but no, but just, want, just wanted. Just wanted is not an acceptable compromise for getting no. the final film in this trilogy. No, no <laughs> not at all. Unsatisfactory. Yeah, 
But yeah, then apart from Anton, we have Gesser. Yeah, it was Lord of Light. Um, yeah, Lord of Light and, and in charge. Yeah, and does some really weird, freaky shit. Uh, yeah, he's got he's got some fun scenes. Yeah. Um, particularly the kind of eye-to-eye one with Anton. Oh, the show me what you saw, and then he's like got a belt and he's strapped both their heads together so they can't get away. Yeah. Yeah, while he's also kind of lying on the table bleeding a little bit. Yeah, that's a really fun scene. And there's a little bit of animation that follows as well, the kind of animated prophecy sequence. Oh, yeah, because he had been drawing that with his pen Mm. on the side of the book when he gets the phone call and then he covers it up. Yeah. But yeah, he's the kind of... He's the boss's boss's boss. Yeah, he's the sympathetic yet stern kind of boss like he he talks about how he kind of understands and cares for them and yeah. Anton is like nah you don't you, you just don't sit care. care yeah you just sit up here in your you office don't love me you don't know what it's really like out there on the streets man <laughs> what's the 12 and a half man no it's 13 and a half it's the 13 and a half man 12 jurors would judge have a chance you wouldn't know man I just wanted to get to know your tattoos <laughs> every Birdman reference for nobody <laughs> but yeah no he's just fun I think because he's such an amazing character in that book, I'm disappointed out of what I get from him in this film. But you don't get that character until a lot later. Yeah. And the, at the start, he is still kind of very much the stoic boss. Yeah. Who is kind of caring, but also will reprimand them when he's also be. Yeah, he's also the man. So Anton needs somebody to rail against. So, yeah. So guess who's the man kind of thing. Like, is he... He's the loose cannon who doesn't follow procedures. He won't go into the gloom to arrest the vampire. He he fights him instead, which yeah. leads to an amazing fight scene. And yeah, and he's got a flashlight for a weapon. Yeah. But then apart from Gesser, you have Bear, Semyon and Tiger Cub, who we've already mentioned, who are kind of yeah, they're the like, field team. They're yeah. mostly backing Anton up in this because Anton is necessary for all the plot stuff that's happening. Yeah, but they're kind of, yeah, they're... You they're assume like, they're senior to him, though? I think they're just more... They have more experience. He's still relatively young in their world. Well, also that you get the impression that this is Anton's kind of... not If not first one of his first times in the field. Yeah. Um, so they are, they do, they are kind of like looking after him and looking out for him. They've given him like a good backup team. He'll move in. Yeah. So if they're not, if not like senior, certainly yeah. more experienced. Yeah, definitely, definitely more experienced than him. And then he gets an even more specific partner later on in the film in Olga. And she's fun, but I don't want to spoil too much about no, her. Olga, Olga is great. I really, really enjoy Olga. I think they got her they got her character down well. So well. You don't get any of her history because her history is so interesting in the books. Yeah. But, but but her character and the way she is in the books is there. Yeah, her personality Straight is there. Straight from the get-go. Anton is as well, actually, because Anton's a grumpy bastard. Oh, he is, yeah. He's the Eeyore of the fucking group. <laughs> like, We're making Winnie the Pooh comparisons to this yeah, film. Yeah, he's the, oh, well. So who's like everybody his, else like, like? Like his fucking, like, something shitty happens to him like his tail falls off and he's just like oh for fuck's sake like, oh well of course it would only happen to me well, I was going to say who's tig- who's Tigger but obviously it's Tiger, Tiger Cub <laughs> so who's Piglet Costia yeah. I can see Costia's Piglet yeah. yeah well he's also like his little and I mean he's run around trying to be good well not trying to be good but like he's... Is, is Bear Winnie I have no idea I've given up at this point I don't think it works um, <laughs> no, no it doesn't at no. all that was what I was trying to illustrate <laughs> no but no well, the whole he's an Eeyore is just everything is he's just so hard done by oh by yeah everything he's just so put upon and by having to do all of this 
But at the same time... He's, but he wants to do it, but he's just... Yeah, it's... But he's absolutely getting in his own way the whole time. Uh, he just cannot do it right. Like, yeah, he really doesn't help himself. So it's probably for the best that he has effectively four people whose sole job is to back him like, up in the movie. Basically look after him. They're, they're like... He, yeah, no, he in this is supposed to act like a bloodhound. He's supposed to track. He's mm. not supposed to be the one going in because that's when he goes into the place. They're like, no, don't go in. Wait for us. And leave Yeah, you're just supposed on. to be tracking him, and he not goes actually running capturing off, him. And they're yeah. like on the other side of the city and are like, what the fuck? You dick. <laughs> We're back so, to talking about Anton again. I know. That's because he's just so fucking hilariously bad at being doing the thing he's trying to do he's bad at his job and he's bad at being another yeah (laughs) but on yeah then on the opposing side you have it's it's so much fun because he it's basically like if any of us tried to do any of this stuff yes absolutely (laughs) you know he's and that's and like, he's too scared to ask, like, a quiet, like, it's that kind of thing when you're in work and you're like, I fucked up. <laughs> it's, to go, to go back to the wanted thing for a second, it's yeah. kind of what James McAvoy's character is in Wanted. Like, yeah. He, he's, he's the guy with the natural talent who's just been inducted who keeps fucking it up. <laughs> Only Anton's been at it for 12 years. Yeah. And he's still fucking, fucking it, it up. Because he doesn't listen to anybody. But yeah, no, then on, on your opposing side, you've got Zavilon, who is kind of the, the head honcho of the Daywatch. He he doesn't feature much in it till towards the end. He's he's good fun. He is. He's great fun, but I, I won't speak too much on him. But I like his little hat. <laughs> his hat and his hair and are his amazing. Dog, but the big Doberman. Oh. You, you kind of hinted at the fact that this is one of those films where you pick up things on subsequent watches. Yeah. And almost every time Zavilon appears early on, you're like, no, you're not kind of like, huh, why is he there? But when he appears early on, it seems innocuous. But when you watch it back, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then his underlings are Alice or Alyssa and Ignat is the character name. I but love it, it's never him. said. It's never said out loud what his name is. I when love I went into the IMDb, him. I was like, Ignat? Oh, right, fair enough. Oh my god, in his tracksuit with his furry hat yeah. and the gold chains. I love him. The the He's fashion of the Dark Others in this so is fucking hilarious. They all have funny hats. They all have like the... the uh, they all have flashy cars. They all have like the jigglery. It, it's very And they're fun. all in the, the tracksuits. <laughs> they're, they're all, all except for the, her. The all, guys are all in tracksuits. They're, they're all in the tracksuits. She's a pop star. She actually is a pop star. Well, the actress is a pop star, yeah, yeah that's her but they, band. they they work it in the so yeah. that. But again, it, it kind of makes sense that they're like, oh well. Yeah, well, there's they, some great bits in the books when they're talking about how like some of the dark others they can use these things called glamours to make themselves look more attractive, mm. but they can only work in runway shows because it doesn't translate into print. Yeah, <laughs> so like there's downsides to it. It's like the same. They were saying like you can do. You can use it to, like, make you sound better, but it won't sound the same on recordings. Yeah, yeah. So there is downsides to using it to your benefit. So she's naturally very talented. And it, her band, are the band that she's in in Russia, yeah. um, I do have the name of it somewhere. I probably butcher the name of the band anyway. Where is it? Oh, fuck, I'm not even going to attempt that. No. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. look it up. Look yeah. it up. Pop. They are, yeah, some pop band. Uh, her name is Zana Frisk. And I am not even going to, like, look at that. 
Oh, yeah, no, I've seen it. Not a hope in hell. Yeah, no. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sure they're very good and they're very popular. And no, <laughs> not even going to attempt pronouncing that one. But um, yeah, she's very glamorous. And a bit of a bitch because she's the one who drops the aforementioned jar yeah. of blood. Because then she'll go and sniff it out. Oh, I understand her reasoning. It doesn't make her any less mean. Even even Ignat's like, that's a bit cruel. <laughs> she's like, fuck it. That's why he got me to come and do your job. <laughs> yeah, true. Like, he needs somebody to be mean and you are not mean. Yeah, and and she does very much seem to be Zavilan's second in command, certainly in it, what we see for in the while, film. Yeah, she seems to be night watches, or she's day watch. Yeah. So she does seem to have some clout and some machinations of her own, because they all do. Yeah, they all seem to have kind of their own plans. One of the things I do like, though, is... There's a scene where the day watch and the night watch meet early on, or well, early enough on in the yeah. film, and they're nothing but antagonistic assholes to one another, and I love it. It's it's like that kind of FBI versus local cops thing, except they are literally on opposing sides, and they they Is seem it to that be- episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine where they're doing the field training. <laughs> and they're yeah. all up against the other districts. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And they're except, all like shitting on and ripping on each other. Except they are they're on literal opposing sides of good and evil, but uh. they are acting like that. They're like, oh, mind we don't run over your car, your pretty little car there. Yeah. And it is, it's just They're actually trying to arrest Anton at that point, and they're just like, no. They just ignore it. Absolutely yeah. ignore it. They're like, sorry, we're busy and I can't hear you over the engine. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, the, the Nightwatch are actually kind of assholes, like just because you think you guys are like good yeah You're not really like it doesn't mean the rules don't apply yeah it, uh, but I do I love I love that the interaction between them the way it is and it, again that's something from the books where it's like they're supposed to be the police but really they're more concerned with one-upping each other yeah than actually policing doing, yeah because everything they seem to be involved in that's not like actively recruiting finding and recruiting others mm. is I was gonna say other others it just seems to be, like, at least in the books, it just seems to be all random plots of both Gesser and Zabulon. Well, the only... Like, who just appear to be kind of bored and are using Anton as their own personal job. Yeah. <laughs> and apart from the cursed girl, who I know we haven't mentioned at all since the summary in, like, fucking 30 minutes or whatever. She does show up. She does show up, but it... Not wanting to be spoilery, we can't really talk an yeah. awful lot about her. But... Although when you meet her on the subway, it is hilarious. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from them trying to figure out what's happening with her, the only other Nightwatch operations we see could both be considered as setups or stings. Because yeah. they're both times they're accused of using live bait. <laughs> We don't see any Daywatch operations as such. Yeah. And yeah, it seems like Daywatcher may be a little more by the book than Nightwatch. Yeah, possibly because they are reviewed more stringently. Uh, yeah, and, and that's that's a, an issue that kind of comes up a couple of times when they when you get into the, the fact that the vampire isn't in trouble because he's hunting. It's because he's hunting illegally. Yeah. He got a license to turn one girl and they've gone and kidnapped a boy. Yeah. And that's the problem. <laughs> and and I like that they play with that. It's like, no, no, we, we'll issue you a license to kill and drink somebody's blood, but you can only do it to that person. No, they, they issued him a license to turn. <laughs> to turn, sorry, yeah. But similarly, they, they also would have yeah. issued a license to drink yeah, somebody. Yeah, the vampires really get the raw fucking deal in this. Yeah, oh yeah, they, they, they because you don't necessarily get a choice in being another or what type of other you are, 
you become a vampire and then you're told, here's a whole lot of rules you have to obey. Yeah, I think the vampires might be a little bit different. I'm not 100%. But you do feel for them. Yeah, no, they're not. They're definitely not the evil vampires of other vampire stories no. by any means. I do like their, his dad too. Uh, I can't remember his name. But yeah, he works as a butcher and he gives Anton some pig's blood at the start. He kind of looks a little bit like the worm in The Corpse Bride. I don't remember The Corpse Bride that well, uh, but I'm sure that's not a favourable <laughs> comparison. No. <laughs> he also looks a little bit like a melted Steve Buscemi. Uh, he kind of does. Yeah. But no, I, I, I like him and I, I think he comes back in the second film. Yeah. Um, he's, actually in, and- he's actually in a lot of Russian stuff. Himself and the guy who plays Zavilon have been in a ton of stuff, a ton of things together. I was flicking down through their IMDb's. Oh, Not right. that I could understand any of it, but I just no. kept seeing them. <laughs> uh, one of the things in the trivia uh, was like, it was another film we covered recently where like half of the trivia were like, so-and-so's first role, so-and-so's first role, so-and-so's first role. Yeah. Although I do like how they use, he, you find out that his torch, he has like all these different bulbs for it, is actually an effective weapon when he uses it on her. On the, the yeah. lady vampire, yeah, because and he's her told, skin all starts to bubble. He's told early on, yeah, at the on early on in the hunt, bring your don't forget to bring your weapon, and he just pulls out a torch. And you're like, and what? You're like, what? And then yeah, you see it being used, and you're like, oh right. <laughs> the the that fight scene in the in old the hairdressers. hairdressers. Oh, it's so good. It's just so pretty, and it's so inventive. I like how they move in and out, and they can't even really see each other. Because just because you're in the gloom with somebody else doesn't mean you're on the same level of the gloom as them. Yeah, they don't and really go into it so much. And you can move up and down through different levels as well. Yeah, they don't really go into it too much in this. But, but you do get the sense of that in that fight scene that there's bits where he is in the gloom and he still can't see the other guy. Well, no, he doesn't go and into he, the gloom in that fight scene. Yeah, oh, he won't. He, that's the whole point. Yeah, he keeps trying to, to not go into the gloom. <laughs> And that's why he gets his ass handed to him. Yes, yes, he does. But that that's a really fun scene. And they use the way they use glass and mirrors is really fun in and around the gloom. When characters go into the gloom, we can't see them, but we can see them in the reflection as they pass through. Yeah. And only in reflection. So he's trying his best to, to keep a mirror or something near him. Yeah, so that he can kind of look into the gloom through the mirror. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a beautiful fight scene. I love the um the kind of vein shots they use as well, where there'll be a person and, and they just kind of disappear and you can just see like their vein structure or their central nervous, nervous system. system. Really pretty stuff. You get some of the stuff like that when they're when they're in the gloom, when they go in later on and they're trying to get your man out. Yeah. And you see it then where you can see almost like the pulses moving through them. That's the best gloom scene in the film. Yeah. Is when when they're trying to pull Igor out. Another person I know we haven't mentioned. That's the boy that that's being hunted, seduced, um, lured, lured. lured, lured me, Papa. There it is. <laughs> you cannot say that word without saying that quote. No, he lured me. He wanted to show me his Wilhelm. <laughs> but yeah, no that that later gloom scene is, is hello fantastic. razor, hello aftershave. <laughs> oh. But yeah, no, the, the, anytime they go into the gloom, it is done in a really beautiful, very subtle way. Yeah. That when you get fight sequences or action sequences where they're moving in and out of it, hmm. it's very hard to tell what reality they're in. Yeah, and it's not... You have to kind of search for it. It's easy to understand why Anton, for the first time when he's in it, is like, who are you people? Why am I here? What's like, going he on? Doesn't, 
it's almost like a dream mm. kind of version of reality. Everything, it's the same, but it's not. Yeah, but it's not like what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago where the choppy editing makes it so that you can't see what's going on either when they ha- are having the fight scenes or where they are in the gloom and it's choppy like that. It adds an effect as opposed to making things. Yeah. In like, particular, when you see the... I love the vampire's hand with the scissors when he twirls the scissors and you mm. hear the noise of the blades opening. Yeah. It's just a little moment that'll be longer, but then there'll be three or four very quick cut of him moving. Yeah, it's... it's not- and it's little jabs, but it also illustrates just how fast the vampires are and yeah. how weird this time is and that time moves different in the gloom. And yeah. well, because you've got somebody who's like in like the real world, essentially... You know, that's what I mean. It's not like the the quick cuts in Transformers where you can't see what's going on or the fight scenes in Batman Begin where it's cut to shit. Yeah. If you can't see something that's happening, you're not supposed to be able to see it. It's not like... it's Well, I don't think it's bad editing. I think it's all edited so nicely and tightly together and really adds to the overall effect of either when they're in the gloom of that kind of unease and real uncertainty yeah. or when they're in the real world and there's kind of action stuff that that fast and frantic pace. It's just... Oh, I can't the editing and the camera work yeah. and the visuals and together also, are so good the gloom is very kind of grey saturated mm. everything's got you can feel like everything it's almost like everything's foggy yeah it's that kind of very pale grey saturation over everything whereas everything in the real world is obviously like bright colours or neon or, it's a lot more neon yeah because there's still a lot of dark tones and a lot of it's at night a lot of it does world. happen to be at night because they are the night watch and that's when the dark ones are kind Out of more bay. active but yeah there's an awful lot of neons and bright electric lights which again because they are the light company yeah but also their front it, is a light company street you get a lot of street lights crosswalk signs things like that and you get the yeah. buzzing a lot of the times, so that little ever so faint buzzing. Yeah, the sound editing is fantastic in this uh, as well, yeah, actually. Yeah, it's just enough that you're, every now and again, it'll get a little bit higher pitched when something's about to happen or something's mm. happening. But it's always kind of there in the real world. Yeah. How about things we didn't like? Is there any? Um. Apart from the one or two dodgy bits of CGI, we mentioned the tiger face and there's a dodgy explosion later on in the yeah, film. Yeah, no, just blow up a miniature. Yeah, just blow always up miniatures. Just, it always looks better, just blow up a fucking miniature. Yes, yeah, CGI fire and CGI um, explosions look shit. There were some bits that kind of went over my head, but I think that's just a, some cultural things. Yeah. All in all, like, I do enjoy it the whole way through. I could be picky about some things. Like, I just feel like sometimes some bits were a little bit overrated or overacted. Mm. But... On the whole, I enjoy this film. I, I thoroughly enjoy this film. It's a movie that I do rewatch an awful lot. It's a series mm. of books I rewatch or I reread a lot. I like this kind of urban fantasy, alternate reality kind of thing. Anyway, I'm pre- mm. um, and this hits all those buttons for me. For me as well, I don't think there's much that I dislike. There's one or two narrative bits I know I did comment on how I liked how vague certain things are left but there, there are times where they're a bit too vague and I was a bit like am I not am I stupid for not copying what's going mm-hmm. on or is this just vague and there was once or twice where I asked you I was like is this what this bit's supposed to mean yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure it's kind of hard for me to separate the, the movie from the book because, uh, that's, yeah, because, because we've read the books uh, yeah. well also I don't know which one I got first we no, we watched the movie first. I think, but then we we read all the books. We got yeah, really I got into the like books. I got managed to get my hands on like all of them at the same time. And yeah, it's kind of hard to remember. <laughs> yeah, which bits actually happen in the books and which bits happen in the film? But 
the film stands up on its own as just a really strong fantasy story. Oh yeah, and I don't I don't mean to to like compare it in a negative way and be like one of those people who's like, oh the book is better. They they are different entities. Yeah. And uh, like I really enjoy what what and how they adapted the, the Nightwatch books into the Nightwatch movie. They did a fantastic job because they're so complicated. Yeah, you no, couldn't. they they picked the best story ever because it is it is that core story. Mm. And everything else spirals off that. And it's the first story in the book as well. So it is going to be your introduction. And because you're getting to see it as Anton. Yeah. Well, you're just following him and you've seen what 10 years in the Nightwatch has done to him because he is (laughs) fucking haggard. Yeah. You kind of got to wonder about the other people who've been doing it who seem to be immortal. Like, do they, what do they know that we don't? And the books kind of go into that where you get stories in the books that aren't following any of these characters they're new characters and sometimes they're really important and sometimes they're just a moment an event in the life of another other yeah (laughs) no they it's really um it's the key story in the whole thing Mm. and it's the key relationships within the whole thing and especially anton and gesser the kind of weird camaraderie mentor fucking Mr. Miyagi fucking Karate Kid <laughs> shit of it all it doesn't come across too much in this but they develop it a bit in the in yeah, Daywatch well you've got, you kind of I get you kind of get like a fatherly feel mm. off Gesser towards Anton when he's, how, he's, when de- he's yeah and he's when definitely he's very concerned him. about him yeah but at the same time he doesn't really shield him from Zabulon when they have their occurrences yeah and he has the, the this bizarre relationship as well with you know, the head of the other side. So he very much exists within this grey space. Mm. And throughout the whole novel series, the grey space is where he plays a lot. Yeah. And having him be the focus of the story of the one who's not all the way left or all the way right. Yeah. He's kind of floating about there in the middle and trying to muddle the way his way through the best he can. Mm. That in and of itself is a brilliant story without there having to be like having to be magic and stuff involved. That just makes it stupid fun. Yeah, there's times where this film has kind of a sci-fi feel to it. Yeah, in terms of the moral kind of backdrop on it, because that is something you get a lot more in sci-fi than in fantasy. Yeah, certainly more the moral questioning. Yeah, you can get that a lot, and and there then there are times where it feels like a detective story. Yeah, and I I like that. It's it also kind got of, a bit of a Blade Runner flair to it. Yeah, it's it's got a lot at least, going at the on. very least. There is a a stylistic take. From oh, Blade definitely, Runner. yeah. But yeah, I like that that it see. has all these different feels mm. to it at different parts, and sometimes the whole way through. And yeah, it's it's not just an urban fantasy or a modern fantasy by any means. There's, no, there's, there's a lot, a lot more to in it. it. Yeah, no, the, the series. I I can't stress enough how how enjoyable the book series actually are. I'm waiting on the last two since I discovered that they exist. <laughs> yeah, because um, I thought there was four, and I was happy out with having the four. But apparently, there's two more. Nom nom nom. Yes, and and we have a whole other film to go back and rewatch because there's at least one more film in the series in Daywatch. Yeah. But yeah, no, can't recommend this film enough, and with you also can't recommend the books enough. Yeah, they no, are they fantastic. They really are a good read. This is a really fun escapism. Yeah, the world is there; it's well established, and you're just following this one story through it. Yeah, like I yes, think... there is a load built off up off it, but 
you don't need to pay attention to any of that stuff. Yeah, that's where the vagueness works very much yeah. in its favour, I you think. You get these hints at this this greater plot or these greater movements within this world. But for your main character that you're following, they don't really... Yeah. He's like, yeah, whatever. I don't get paid enough to deal with this shit. Yeah, and it's not... It's, <laughs> like, that's way above my pay grade. Yeah, it might be really interesting, but Anton doesn't need to know it, so we as yeah. the audience don't get to find out. Yeah, because we don't need to know about it. We're just following him on this mission of his. Yeah. So the way that that was done really, really works for it. And there's a lot of, like, cloak and dagger, if you like your kind of intrigue and layers of plots. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. I think there's something something for everybody. In, well, maybe not everybody, but there's something for most in this film. Yeah. Anything else that you'd like to say about Nightwatch before we wrap up? No, I'm good. Go yeah, watch no, it. I think well, yeah, the usual. Go watch it. And if you've seen it, go and rewatch it. That is that is now the Monorant's brief. Yeah. <laughs> go rewatch it. Might enjoy yourself. Well, I should hope they enjoy themselves. Yeah. Or if you've never seen it, because it, it's one of those weird ones that every now and again you'll see it on streaming services and it never, ever has a really good, has a good description. No, it doesn't. And the cover it? really doesn't tell you anything because it's the glasses. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, well, check out, if you haven't seen it, go and check out a trailer for it rather than any kind that of... That won't help. Well, the trailers <laughs> are better than, like, the two-sentence descriptions yeah. that you get on IMDb and stuff, so... Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, definitely worth a watch, definitely worth a rewatch, And I, I'm actually quite looking forward to, to going and rewatching Daywatch as well. Yeah. Uh, maybe for the pod, maybe just for myself, but it will definitely get a rewatch. Well, definitely for Zavilon. Oh, yeah, Zavilon and his fantastic, fantastic hair. Such good hair. I do love the way he's styled and I love the way... The you said you had nothing else you wanted no, to talk about. Yeah, no, I know, but then I just remembered <laughs> Zavulon just being awesome. Yes, Zavulon is awesome. But yes, guys, thanks for joining us this week. We will be back next week with a uh, usual undecided film. Something. Something. Something in the Monorant's realm. Yeah, God knows what that will be. But as per usual, if you want, you can head back and listen to our previous episodes or you can head over and listen to Monorant's The Boys where we talk everything to do with Amazon's The Boys. And if you want, you can come and find us on socials on Twitter at Rants Mono, on Instagram at MonoRants underscore the underscore boys. And you can send your own rants to MonoRantsPodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. We are Science Fiction Remnant. This is the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. We are the Caribbean Science Fiction Network. We are Mono Rats. We are One Accord Level 2 Podcast. This is Jesse from Sudden But Inevitable and Open Pike Night. This is Sci-Fi.